Well, tonight, um, I had something specific on my heart. Uh, you know, we've been in a, a series, uh, but we're not going to teach on that tonight. Uh, why don't you go ahead and turn to Romans twelve eighteen? You know, it is Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving's tomorrow. And uh, I just really have it on my heart just to exhort ourselves. We'll you know, teach on some things, but really just to stir ourselves up, exhort, encourage ourselves in some things. How many of you know it's uh, just the nuts and bolts of life that can be a blessing or they can get you into trouble? It's not so much, you know, people, it's, it's not so much these uh, side issues or uh, the real quote-unquote complicated things. It's just the daily things that can trip you up. Um, or they can be a major blessing to you, you know? If we have certain things, just uh, the, the things that you do over and over, if, you, if, you're, if you're following God's Word and those things, then you're going to be blessed. You know, if you only do something once a year and you do that really well, well, that's great, but if, you do, if you're doing something 365 days a year and you mess that up or do it well, that's what's going to affect your life more than anything, right? And sometimes, you know, we, we or Christians or people in general... They tend to major on the minors, you could say, and then, you know, minor on the majors. Well, sometimes we're just looking at things going, oh, you know, we're looking at these little esoteric things off to the side. And right in, in the daily, just, uh, you know, turning the crank life, uh, it's not as cool as sometimes, you know, some of these things we think you know, our flesh wants to focus on other stuff. But uh, this is where the rubber meets the road is the things we deal with every day. Romans 12, 18. So I have my heart just to go over some of these things uh, in this area tonight. Um, specifically that we'll get into. Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Romans 12, 18 in the New Living Translation, says, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. In the, the Living Bible, it says, Don't quarrel with anyone. Be at peace with everyone just as much as possible. You can see these phrases, as much as it depends on you. Do all that you can. You know, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like me. That's not... If, you know, if they don't like you, that's really not your problem. What can you do to be at peace with them? If, if no matter what you do, they're going to have a problem, that's their problem. That's not your problem. We're not called to make everybody like us. And if you live godly, some people are just going to not like you just because of that. Maybe if they get saved or get back in you know, the, the flow with God, maybe then they'll all of a sudden like you. But we have to realize we have an enemy and he doesn't like you. If you're a Christian, he just doesn't like you. You can be nice. That's not going to help. He'll just kill you. He doesn't want you to do well. And there's people that yield to that. So if people yield to the enemy, well, they can just be pushing on you even when you didn't do anything wrong. Just because somebody's pushing on you didn't mean you did something wrong. But on the other hand, that doesn't mean we just say, well, if somebody has a problem with me, that's just always their fault. Maybe I'm doing something to provoke it. So I need to look and say, is there anything on my end that I can do? 
And if there is, well, then I, I need to take steps on that end. Let's read some other scriptures to this effect. Romans 14, 19 says, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which we may edify one another or build one another up. Let us pursue the things which make for peace. Go after the things that are make for peace. Hebrews 12, 14 it says, pursue peace with all people. Pursue peace. Pursue peace with all people. What does that mean? What does pursue mean? It means go after. It means make an effort. It means you're focusing on what, like you can use the last scripture, as much as it depends on you, you try to walk in peace. And holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. In the CEV, verse 14 says, Try to live at peace with everyone. Live a clean life. If you don't, you will never see the Lord. Make sure that no one misses out on God's wonderful kindness. Don't let anyone become bitter and cause trouble for the rest of you. Uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In the NLT, verse 2 says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, or each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. <clears throat> Make every effort to keep yourself uni united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. You know, so we're touching on some of these things. We're, we're coming into the holiday season. I mean, you know, if you look at the, the mall or the advertisements, we've been there, you know, since the beginning of November. Once it turns in November, you know, they start playing Christmas music and everything. But really, I mean, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. And we go into this area where a lot of times you see more family. You're around people. Maybe sometimes you don't necessarily aren't around as much. And uh, I'm going to read a few more scriptures to this effect. But look how many times it's talking about keeping the peace and getting along with people. And that's not always easy. Is it? It's not always easy, whether it's the holidays or not. I mean, just like you said, you know, people that you live with, work with, um, that you see, extended family or whatever. But, but look at these scriptures. Uh, let's look, read verse 2 again in the NLT, and then we'll look at another translation. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Notice that. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. In the, in the Passion Translation, it says, With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward one who may try your patience. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. So you can see this, there's many scriptures we've just read. You know, read a, uh, go a little bit further with this. But here it's talking about 
take, keeping the peace, making allowance for people's faults. As much as it depends on you, keep the, fee, keep the peace. Ephesians 5.17 says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, or songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now I want to get into one aspect of how we practically do this. So we read many scriptures about keeping the peace, getting along with people, and you know, we all know that we should do that. You didn't need me to tell you that. But we're, like I said, we're exhorting ourselves in some of these areas tonight. It's God's will that we walk in love, that we are, are in peace with other people. I just want to talk to you about a very practical way and some, some aspect of this that can really help us in practically maintaining peace with other people. And here it gives... Um, Speaks about one aspect, if you can go, yeah, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. But notice verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God. Giving thanks always for all things to God. Giving thanks for all things. Well, you can see here in a moment, I'll jump ahead, but we're going we're gonna to touch base on some scriptures, this would include the people you're with. This says things, but you're not stretching it at all, and you'll see this from other scriptures, giving thanks for the good that you do see in people. You know, it's real tempting just to get to the point where you're like, forget it. I can't walk in peace but with this person. But the Bible said, as much as it's up to us, we're supposed to. So it doesn't do any good to look at the other person and go, well, you're a lost cause. I can't get along with you. The Bible tells us, what can we do? Because that's all we can control. Okay, can we just settle that? You can't change your spouse. You can't change your brother, your sister, your co-worker. We cannot do it. We may think we can, but how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, have lived long enough to realize if you ever thought that you were wrong? How many marriages have started you know, there's the honeymoon period and, and going up to the marriage and then afterwards, and they think everything is great, but even if it's not great, secretly they think, especially women have a tendency to do this, I'll, I'll tweak him, you know, once we get to the other side. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, you may need some work, but, you know, I see where that's at. We'll work on that later. That does not work. It doesn't have, you can't change another person. You cannot. You can try to manipulate them, does not work. That's just going to blow up. You don't want to be manipulative anyway. Only they can change with the help of God. And it's God's job, with their cooperation, to get them where they need to be. It's not our job. So we need to focus on us. So this is one way. Giving thanks always for all things. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. 
For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Well, if it's in everything that we're giving thanks, that would include in our relationships, in our circumstance, in the middle of a relationship with somebody else, we still need to be giving thanks, not for the bad things, not for the things that are not God's will, but we can, we can find things in even other people to be thankful for. All the time. This will help us to get along and to keep the peace. You know, when we, get, when we stop giving thanks, if we're, if, if we're, I'll put it this way, if we're not thankful for what the good is in the other person, could be your co-worker, could be your spouse, could be your family members. If we're not thankful and looking for something to be thankful for, then we are automatically unthankful. Did you hear me? So there is no ground between thankful and unthankful. Because, well, I'm not thankful. You know, I'm not thankful, but I'm not unthankful. Well, no, if you're not thankful, what are you? You're unthankful. Did you hear me? So you are, if, we're, if, we're, if we've stopped thinking about what is good in another person, stop being thankful for what they do do, we have gone into, I'm not grateful, I'm not thankful for you. And now we've given place to the enemy, and now it makes it real easy to, to divide the other person. Because what are you doing? If you're not thankful, what are you doing? You're complaining. And what does that do? When we complain about something, it magnifies whatever we're complaining about. And now we start looking at the thing we're complaining about. It makes that bigger. And the things that we could be thankful for, they go into the background. They fade. And this happens all the time with marriages. They, like, you know, they, they, the, 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 each individual, husband, wife, were, they were passionately in love with one another. They, everything. They could not see the faults of the other person because they were so focused on what they perceived as the good things. You see it all the time, don't you? You, you know, like what we were just mentioning, uh, two people in love, they, they really honestly believe sometimes, I mean, even if they've heard teaching, that the other person is just so great and they have such a relationship, they're not going to have any kind of challenges because they're so perfect for one another, they're so great. The other person, I mean, they're as close to perfect as you can get. That's what they think. Why, are they, why does that happen? Because they're so focused on the good in other person. I remember when I was dating Shelly, you know, I, I, was, um, I was living in Nebraska and she was in Oklahoma. And so when I would fly down to see her, you know, just to walk or just to go shopping in Walmart was great. We didn't have to even go out. I mean, we did go out to eat. But I mean, just to walk around in the super Walmart there and go get groceries that was awesome. Just to be with her was great because I just liked being with her, and I still do. But, I mean, you didn't have to have anything fancy. It was just, just to spend time and be with this person that I, I thought so highly of. Why, why, is that, uh, why is that like that when people are getting to know each other? Because they're looking at the positive. They're thankful. Oh, this person. And you've got to get people to shut up sometimes. They want, they want to talk about the other person when, it's, when they're, they're newly in a relationship all the time. Not you'd get them to shut up, but they'll just, they'll just, without being asked, they'll talk. But then this can uh, sour over time to where now 
well, yeah, I mean, they're, they, they're great. All those, those qualities, yeah, they're still there. But now they start to live with the other person. They start to see the little nitty-gritty, and they start focusing on those things and magnifying those. And as they complain about those things, they become bigger. And how many fights happen because of little minor things? You know? Small things, like I... Uh, Bob Yandian shares the account in his, in his book, uh, One Flesh, a great book. We're doing marriage counseling right now, and that we use that book. And uh, read it when I, before I was ever married. If you haven't read that book and you're married, or even if you're going to be married, it's an awesome book. But he was talking about these little, diff- these little things uh, that, that, that challenge you. And he said, you know, when he was, when he was married, he always took the, the, the toothpaste tube and he'd roll it from the bottom, you know, as you went, you roll it from the bottom and just efficient and uh, do it that way. But his wife would just squeeze it in the middle, wherever. And so that drove him nuts. And so he said, you know, what, what happened? Did she come over to where she learned that rolling it from the bottom was the best way? Or did he just say, ah, it doesn't matter and, and squeeze it in the middle anyway or whichever way? He goes, no, we got two tubes of toothpaste. And that was it. We just, and that's not a bad thing. You know, you can go down and butt heads on something or just go right around it and be done with it because it's, nobody's going to... I mean, people do get in big fights over these things, but they don't matter. Who cares how you get your toothpaste out of the tube? It doesn't matter. But these things, you can fixate on something like that. And every one of you know you can get really mad over something like that and lose sight of the fact that we're talking about toothpaste. (laughs) But you're ticked. But if we'll we'll keep the right focus, wait a minute. They do, okay, so they don't do their toothpaste the perfect way. Like, you know, me, or, you know, like you're thinking, like the way I do it is the perfect way. I mean, really, just to say it out loud, it sounds right. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't get your toothpaste out of the tube the right way. Well, if you have that thought, maybe they don't, but man, they do this and this and this and this right. And just being thankful for all these things will make the toothpaste fade into the background. And it's perspective. It is Giving thanks for these things uh, will promote peace. Just looking and going, because we're tempted to get irritated over the things that are different from us. In a, it could be brother, sister, you know, co-workers. We want to focus on the thing that they don't do different and they're, they're, they're false. And the more we focus on the false, the less peace there is. You can't be at peace with somebody when you're constantly pointing out what they're doing wrong. In fact, nobody wants to be around a person that's pointing out what they're doing wrong. Do, I mean, you know you don't. So when we're doing it, why do we think people want to be around us? It promotes uh, tension and confusion. Chaos, just if you let it go. It's just, it's, it's not good to be around. But we, we typically, we get out of peace. For two reasons. Basically, with people, we're upset with them, or we start to get out of peace for basically two reasons. They did something to us that we thought they shouldn't do, or they're not doing some, or they didn't do something for us that we, that we thought they should. 
If you think about it, why you're upset with somebody is because they did something to me or they didn't do something for me. And if we focus on that, you should have done this for me. Why didn't they do that for me? Well, they did it for them. Why didn't they do it for me? What are we focusing on? We're focusing on something with them. You did it wrong. You did it wrong. Or you did that. Why did you do that? You shouldn't have done that. We focus on that. It's not going to make it easy to be at peace with people. See, if we, if we take our focus off that and start being thankful, well, maybe they did that. They did do that to me, but they did this and this. And find something that we can be thankful for. Then it's going to promote just being... Uh, it's just the grease that makes the, the machine go with relationships. Paul, I'm going to read you, or we're going to look at just several of these verses of Scripture. Paul, over and over, when he would write letters to these different churches, he, he said, I'm, I thank God for you. And they were different places. They weren't all the same group. Different people, he would say, I'm thankful for you. You know, we said, give, in everything, give thanks. We can be thankful for people. You see, Paul here is demonstrating this over and over. Look at Romans 1, verse 8. Romans 1, verse 8. It says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request that by some means now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. Verse 8, he says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. He said, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. He's saying, I'm thankful for you because people are talking about your faith. He found something to be thankful for, and he's saying, I'm thankful for you. I'm thank you, thankful for you all. And then he said, uh, I'm making mention in verse 9 of you always in my prayers. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 4. This isn't one or two times that he's saying this. Every time he's writing to somebody, he's saying, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for this in you. I like this about you. Just, just even quoting just a little bit, can you see there's an energy, there's a positivity, there's a love there. He's not going, he's not starting going, you're missing it in this area. You're this, he, I mean, he did correct them in ways, but notice he starts out saying, I'm thankful for you. I, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 4, I thank my God always concerning you. See, uh, he's doing it perpetually. He's thinking and thanking God for the people. For the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and knowledge. We can keep going. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, who also will confirm who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Corinthians, he, he ended up correcting them a lot in this letter. He's even saying, you've come, you've, you've come behind in no gift, but he had to correct them in the way they were using it. He had certain things he was going to acknowledge. It, it wasn't all flowers, but he didn't come out. He, 
he, he still had the perspective, I'm thankful that you guys are doing this right. Even though he ended up correcting him in a lot of areas. How, how would that work better if we would deal with that in our, the way our, in our relationship? Well, I like this about you and like this about you. And let's have a discussion about this over here. Respectfully, kindful, kindly, but not, you're doing this. And why are you doing that? And I don't like this about you. And constantly, you, instead of doing that all the time, being thankful all the time. And oh, by the way, just like I have flaws, uh, there's some things I just want to talk to you about. I'm not just trying to correct you in every area. But hey, I want to discuss this because this, this affects our relationship. But respectfully, in a, in a gracious way, but being thankful. Ephesians 1 verse 15 Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you. Giving thanks for these people. A different church. The first one was Romans. This is the Corinthians. This is Ephesians. He's saying, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. He said, making mention of you in my prayers. Philippians 1 verse 3 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. What if we, you know, the, the people that really, maybe some, somebody's rubbing us the wrong way, and like I said, there may be some people, you're, you're just, you're, you're, you're not going to be around all the time, but really we're focusing on those people that we do, we are around, family, friends, co-workers, they're not going away anytime soon, so you just parting ways is not going to say, that's not going to do any good to dwell on that. What if every time we thought about them, we thank God for something that they are doing right? Would that change our perspective on how to interact with them? Instead of every time we think about them, we're thinking about that thing or this thing, and why do they do that? That will just perpetuate a negative atmosphere when we'd actually talk to them. What if we thought, wow, you know, I think about that person, boy, they're really good at this. They're, they're, they're awesome at this. You understand that's how we're going, our relationships are going to work because nobody has it all together. Nobody's walking it out perfectly. That's how teams are formed. I mean, you, you take people that have certain strengths and certain you know, weaknesses, you put them together and it makes a strong team. Husband and wife teams are usually opposites. You know, usually where one is strong, the other isn't quite as strong, but you put them together, they usually complement each other, and you put them together, they make a, an awesome team, but if they're going to look at each other and constantly be pointing out the negative, they're going to be weak, and they're going to be frustrated. And the things that attracted them to one another are the strengths in each other that they don't necessarily have in themselves, but they see it in another person, and it's attractive to them. But then over time, they stop, start, stop focusing on those things that attracted them and start looking at the things that actually they're strong in and the other person's weak in. They start pointing them out and nitpicking. And when both people start to do that, it starts to drive the, the, the uh, relationship apart. It drives families apart. You did this. You said this over time. You know, we're talking about the holidays. You get together with, with people. Uh, all over the world, people are getting together, and you know, you've, you've, you've seen people, uh, relationships or, or uh, get-togethers can, can end poorly because people are still upset about certain things that have happened, and they come together, and it comes to, the, comes to a head, and people come apart. How could it affect those relationships if, if the parties involved were thankful for the other person for what they do bring, the person that they are? And again, we can't change them. Well, they're never thankful for me, and if they're not thankful for me, I'm not going to be thankful for them. Can't do anything about that. 
Can we? Can't change it. What can we control? How we're looking at it. Only thing I can control is my attitude and what I'm thinking and how I'm going to act and what I'm going to say. That's all. That's all I can change. But I'll tell you what, if one person is doing that, there is the potential a lot more for the, the relationship to change. The other person, yeah, they can shut down, or people, they can shut down and not react to it. But when somebody's being kind to you and gracious and open, there is a tendency to open up. Right? Well, if we can be thankful for what we do see in the other person, then it can go a long way toward uh, helping the relationship, keeping peace. Paul says this in a number of other areas. I'll just give you uh, the verses to say some of the same things. Colossians 1, 3 through 4. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3. You can write those down. Philemon 4. Go ahead and put up 1 Corinthians uh, 13.7. 1 Corinthians 13.7 says, uh, it's talking about love, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. In the Amplified it says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. Can you see that aspect of thanksgiving and being thankful in this description of love? It bears up under anything and anything that comes. That means there's challenges. Love will rise to the occasion and go over. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. That sounds like thankful, uh, praising God for what is good. They're believing the best. Instead of going, well, they're probably like this and this, they're saying, well, yeah, maybe they've changed. Maybe they had a bad day. It's, it's really trying to, to um, support the other person. It's really fighting for the relationship. Instead of giving in and saying, ah, they're, they're probably doing it for this reason, it could be saying, no, they're, it's, it's, it's looking for a reason to still believe in the other person. Well, they're like this. They, 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 still, they do this really well. I'm thankful that they do this. I'm thankful that they're strong in this area. I'm just so thankful that they've been in my life, that they did so and so. It says its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. So no matter what the situation is, love can overcome. Love can look at a situation and still be gracious and thankful. Maybe they're not doing everything perfect today, but what did they do for you in the past? What can they do? What are their good points? What have they done? It endures everything without weakening. Well, this is just something we can't get over. There's no way we can get past this. Love will say, there's still possibility. I, as much as it, as it depends on me, I'm fighting for it. As much as it depends on me, I am going to be thankful for this person. I'm going to be gracious to this person. I'm going to work for the person. That's what love does. In the, uh, living, the living Bible, it says, if you love someone, you will be loyal to him no matter what the cost. You will always believe in him. 
Always expect the best of him and always stand your ground in defending him. 1 Peter 4, verse 7 says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Believing the best, being thankful for a person, regardless, it will cover so many things. These things that look, they could be blown up, but love will cover it. Walking in love, it's like a force. You can get torn down by, by looking and nitpicking. Nitpicking will just blow apart any relationship. There's this, 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 and focusing on that and being ungrateful and unthankful, we'll just, it's a destructive force. But love and being gracious and thankful will elevate, it's a force that will overcome the tendency for destruction. Instead of looking at the negative, you're saying, yeah, they may do that, but... I believe they are good in this area. I'm so thankful they were there. I remember one time they came through for me. They have a good heart. I know that, that uh, you know, they may, it, this may not be looking right, but boy, they really know how to take care of this situation and being thankful. And it, it can just overcome the negativity. In this, when the, the atmosphere can just, the, the air can just be sucked out of it with negative comments. Instead of that, you inject life into it. By, by looking at the positive, by saying, nope, I, I, I'm going to be thankful for that person. I'm going to love them. It infuses life. And, and when, they, when you know, when somebody, a, a relationship has gone on long enough that somebody does something wrong and the other partner or other person in the relationship sees it, but they don't jump on it, and they instead, instead act in a gracious manner, right there can change the atmosphere because the other person knows in the past you jumped on them you would have let them have it for that but you let it go and you treated them differently that will infuse life into it it's god god is not ever overcome he doesn't let things just die he he as much as much as it depends on god he's done everything possible for everyone. He has given everybody what they need. It's just whether they'll receive it. And as agents of God, as children of God, when we come into a situation, when we come into a relationship, regardless of what it looks like, that same force, that same love, that same graciousness, that same gratefulness should come in and elevate the situation. Elevate the relationship. It all, it, instead, because you know this world is toward decay, it wants to go toward destruction, and we, we pull it up. We keep pulling it up. Other people may try to pull it down, but we pull it up by the love of God within us. We keep it coming up. We choose to believe the best. We choose to be grateful. We choose to be thankful. Regardless of what's going on, I'm just going to be thankful. But didn't it say to be thankful all the time, to rejoice always? It's a life force. And it's a life force in relationships. Amen? Praise God. God wants us to thrive. In, in during this time where there may be, there could be challenges during these times, that, you know, the next few weeks, months, during this time where we, we see people maybe we haven't seen for a while. We can look to Him to help us, to show us how to walk 
in His love, His grace, in thanksgiving, and elevate those relationships. Amen? Let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you so much.